Welcome back to Adventures with Bam. I'm Brent Billings. I'm Maggie Billings. And we are going to talk about the great European adventure. Yes, we are. Our greatest European adventure? Or do you think that's still true? Oh, you know, it was pretty great, but it's hard to say. Compa- like, our, our style of travel is very different now. So, but yeah, just a very different experience hmm. back then. But definitely great. We'll have to talk about that at I think some point, but... I think it's worth mentioning your living situation at the time when we were um, getting ready to go on this trip. Because when we started planning it to when the trip was actually happening, it was probably a little over a year. Uh, Was it that long? I thought it was like... I mean, how long had you worked at the airport when we went? I mean, I had started in May 2010 and our trip was October 2011, but... Yeah, I, I don't remember it, when we actually had that conversation about the buddy passes. I think it was summer or fall. It's possible that I didn't actually get buddy passes the first year I worked at the airport. And so it might not have even been possible until 2011. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, rabbit trail. Your living arrangements. Yes. Yeah, so my roommate had gotten in a motorcycle accident and died three weeks, two weeks before... Mm, yeah, our trip. Two and a half weeks, I think. And we decided to go anyway, but like things were a little bit crazy with his family and the house and the whole situation was weird. And so the other roommate and I, who lived with this guy, actually moved into Maggie's parents' house. <laughs> Extra bedrooms. Yeah. They offered up, her parents offered up the house as like, Hey, I, we know you guys all get together. Like you can do that same thing, but do it at our house, which is pretty crazy because we were a a large group. It was. I remember this is a. Uh, this is probably going to turn into a whole episode of its own, but yeah, I remember the. It's like the morning after um, he died, waking up and getting up in the morning and having to step over people all across the house to get like there were there were probably 40 people like not an exaggeration probably around 40 people who just stayed the night at my parents house that night i think when you're a 20 something and we were all grieving and just like needed the comfort of being around other people who were also grieving like everyone was there and i didn't know all of them like this friend this roommate um of our your roommate my friend our friend um, his, his name was johnny his franco his name was johnny franco um yeah just had so much influence at such a young he was what 27 when he died 27 yeah um had so much reach um yeah just a ton of people knew him and his funeral was well over a thousand people it was insane um so yeah, my parents' house just became the hub for that season. Between his death and the funeral, there were, you know, always people there. And so, yeah. So Brent and then um, our other friend, the other, the surviving roommate, um, Seth, <laughs> were able to joke about it now. It sounds really, sounds really crass, but it's fine. Johnny would laugh. This um, <laughs> is gone so... Haywire. People who don't know us are going to think that we're insensitive jerks. Anyway, so Brent and... Well, at least it's you this time and not me. (laughs) Brent and Seth uh, moved into the extra bedrooms at my parents' house. So yeah, we planned the funeral. um, Decided to go ahead with the trip um, because we planned it and Johnny was a big traveler. So it wasn't like, you know, 
don't know. He was excited for us to go on this trip. There wasn't really any reason not to go just because we were sad. And I think we needed a distraction from grief. So we proceed. And I'm still planning to talk to Maggie at this point. And one of the guys that I worked with at the airport, Austin, he spoke French. And I was like, okay, Austin. So if I, you know, if there's, if there's a girl in France and I want to like tell her that she's beautiful, how would I say that? And he was giving me some different things. And like, I, I spoke a little bit of Spanish. I, I, I mean, I don't really anymore, but I knew enough to where I'm like, okay, but is that the right word? Is there, is there like a different word? He's like, yeah, but that'd be too familiar. And I was like, okay, well, what, but what would that be? <laughs> Theoretically, let's say it's someone you're familiar with. And so he, he gave me the line and I. And why did it need to be French? Well, because you like France. Well, and I speak French. And you speak French. Yeah, yes. So I think you probably could have understood what I said. <laughs> I just said you're beautiful. Yeah. I think you probably would have been able to figure that out. I think you're smart enough anyway, but yes, you speak French. Huge Francophile, even though I didn't anticipate caring about France whatsoever. I was like, well, I'm going to appeal to Maggie's interests. Like, I'm going to go along with what she cares about and try to do that. So he gave me the line. And so we fly out. We were originally going to fly through Atlanta, but the flight from Salt Lake City to Atlanta was full. We switched over very last minute to the flight to JFK. The people who got us on that plane were extremely generous and kind to make that happen. But we get to JFK. We had 12 hours in New York. Oh, and we're yeah. like, we should just go into the city. And it turns out I do not really care that much for New York City. <laughs> but it was a, a whirlwind um, number of hours there. And the four of us lugging our giant backpacks around. Yeah, we saw things. I knew going into it that New Yorkers... Uh, do not care for tourists standing around on the sidewalk, blocking the path, looking up at all the tall buildings. So I kept us moving. It's too fast. <laughs> we The problem was we got out of the airport and Brent's like, okay, I want to go see the Apple store. And we're like, okay. So we, and I don't know, you asked directions from somebody and they're like, it's seven blocks that way. And we're like, oh, seven blocks. Great. Uh, none of us had been to New York before. I'm pretty sure I hadn't. You hadn't. Um, so we like hauled, hauled it seven blocks, seven New York city blocks to this Apple store that wasn't even open yet. It was like 7am or something. We were like hauling our 20 pound backpacks. It was, it was so exhausting. I think it was it not open by the time we got there. I'm pretty sure not. It, either way, there was no reason for us it to go the, as fast as we It was the Fifth Avenue did. store, the glass cube one. We were hustling for no apparent reason. Well, I, well. We were hustling because we didn't want to be in the way of any actual New Yorkers who had places to be. I mean, that was the point. Had nothing to do with where we were going or what time it was or anything like that. Anyway, back at the airport, we're on our way. We're flying first to Barcelona. We get our tickets and the seats that they gave us, I believe. I believe Becky was supposed to sit next to Maggie yep. and Lance and I were sitting next to each other. And Business I, class, worth noting. We got upgraded class, to business yeah, class. Yeah, that's one of the major advantages of working for an airline is uh, you can get in business class for low money. Mm -hmm. Story for another time. But I was like, well, I need to learn some more French, so I've got to sit next to Maggie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, we learned a couple of words. I, I think I probably... Um, 
I got like five words out of you or something. Yeah. And then I'm like, let's just, let's just hang out. Let's just sit here next to each other. <laughs> so that was great. Barcelona was beautiful. Uh, we flew to Rome after that. There were protests. It was crazy. Occupy Wall Street, vandalism, broken glass, burned cars. Burned cars. All the craziness. But that, that first morning in Rome, we're in this like, we didn't even have a hotel <laughs> booked, which is, again, another story. But we wander around the streets of Rome thinking like, wow, this place is really dirty and messed up. Not realizing that there had been protests all day finally get in this hotel room it's just this tiny room wandered around for hours looking for somewhere to stay just yeah, walking yeah, into just places walking Do you the have streets a room? of rome no. yeah checking with all the hotels finally found a place it's so late in the evening so it's this tiny room one bed and a cot right yeah i think i don't yeah i think i think lance slept on the floor yeah and you and, and, and me and becky cot and you and becky were in the bed oh maybe yeah something like that yeah probably. i don't i don't remember exactly what happened but the uh like the bathroom was right there, a tiny little bathroom. Like everything was just so cramped. Like this was this was barely a room meant for two people, let alone four people <laughs> who aren't aren't married or anything. <laughs> Tight quarters anyway. I come out of the bathroom the next morning and Maggie was doing her hair right outside the bathroom. And so I open the door and she's just like right there. And I I again don't really know how to describe this moment, but like seeing you right there was like a I wouldn't even say a confirmation because it's not like I was, I was undetermined at that point. Like I, I knew what I was going to do. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> I was just so shocked to be like in such close proximity to you unexpectedly. And yeah, it was a crazy, crazy moment. I always thought you just liked my hair in that moment. I mean, I did, but like all I was that. straightening it for reference for people who were wondering. There were a few other like kind of close-ish type moments there was you were having uh some kind of a problem with your leg or something like yeah your, i got a stress fracture st oh, sure. in my leg from we were walking a ton and yeah i i carried her around after we left pompeii <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so then we go to paris mm -hmm. and it was becky's birthday that day yeah the day we got into paris i got her a rose for her birthday. Actually, I got her the rose the day before, but yeah. I got, I got Becky a rose specifically for her birthday. There's people walking around all over the place selling roses. So it's like, sure. Didn't get one for Maggie in that moment, which I love flowers. Like my, yeah, it's a whole thing going to Europe where you're expected to not like pick the flowers everywhere was a big, uh, was a big trial for me. <laughs> so yeah, I think, um, seeing flowers, you know, people walk by, do you want a flower? Do you want a flower? Buy a rose from me. Um, the whole trip was like a, I felt like they were rubbing it in my face. I just didn't feel like buying myself a flower. But we get to Paris and Paris was totally unlike anything I had imagined. At one point we step off the Metro and we're like underneath and sort of around the corner from the Eiffel Tower, but there's a bunch of trees mm -hmm. So somehow you're not even able to see it. <laughs> so we walk around the corner and we emerge under the Eiffel Tower. And I could not believe how <laughs> huge it was. Like, I think I knew like how many feet, but it just like. When you're there, it's a different. Yeah, the, it did not translate in my mind. I was stunned by the Eiffel Tower. Like what a way it like we didn't see it. We were 
we were staying quite a ways away. And so we, we get on the Metro and we're underground and like, there was no approach. We didn't fly into Paris. I didn't, I hadn't seen it at all. My very first view of the Eiffel Tower was like from directly underneath it, <laughs> which is just crazy. I don't, if, if it's possible to replicate that experience, do it. I don't know. I was so pleased. So on the trip, uh, France is the only place that I had visited. So um, our friend, Becky, the other girl who was on the trip, um, she had been to quite a few of the places that we were visiting. So she's kind of the you know tour guide. She knew um, what to look for, what sites to check out. Da, 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 da. This was all totally new to me, except for France. And no one else had been to France, um, or at least to Paris, I think. Yeah, I don't think Becky had been to southern France. Um, so yeah, I was excited to show off um, Paris to my friends. And I feel like everyone had low expectations. And then everyone was impressed. So it felt good. So then it is time for me to have the conversation. So I got to figure out how I can get Maggie alone for a few minutes to have this conversation. Yeah, so we had uh, a few days earlier in the trip leading up to... Becky's birthday, I had told Brent, Hey, um, at some point I am going to want to like buy her a gift. So when I find a good place to shop or something, um, can I let you know, and you can distract her for a little bit so I can do that. And he was like, Oh, well, good idea, but I actually want to get her something too. Um, so, you know, maybe when we both find a place, um, we'll have Lance, um, you know, distract her for a bit. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So that had kind of been our plan for a few days. And then we get to Paris and there's like the one day to do it because the guys are going to leave the next day. Yeah, it was the 26th of October. We're leaving early morning on the 27th. And it's fairly late evening. I want to say it was around 7.45. Yeah, it was dark. And I talked to Lance and I'm like, hey man, can you help me out here? <laughs> And he's like, oh, okay. So Lance <laughs> and Becky go off and find dinner or something somewhere. And Maggie and I do a little bit of shopping for a minute. And then I was like, hey, we should go over and see if there's anything else over by the Eiffel Tower. Well, we were going to meet them there. We were like, hey, you guys do something for a little bit. We're going to do something for a little bit. Let's meet back at the Eiffel Tower in, you know, whatever, hour and a half. Right. So I took advantage of the fact that I read maps and such better than Maggie. <laughs> and so I was like, no, Maggie, we're going to go to this station. This is the one we want. I promise. And so it was around the corner from like down the park or whatever from mm -hmm. the Eiffel Tower. So we come around and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, should we finish this story now or should we save the ending for the next week? We're like, more than 15 minutes in on this episode. Oh, let's finish it. Yeah, we'll cut it off at your departure from Paris. Oh man. Okay. All right. So, we're coming up on the we're, we're coming up on the lawn. We're like far away from the Eiffel Tower, but it's like totally clear view. Um uh, I took a picture that that I'm shows our view. Yeah. Happy with the picture. And then I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so then I turn to Maggie. And I roll out my one French phrase that I know. <laughs> and I, you know, spent a couple of minutes explaining how I had feelings for her and everything else. And she seemed surprised, but not displeased. Yeah. You had been wearing an extra bit of detail as Brent had been wearing. I'd gone to Hawaii a few years earlier and brought back a bunch of like 
little bracelets for everyone. They were friendship bracelets, I decided. So Brent had been wearing this friendship bracelet. And, you know, over time, it was like fraying and breaking. And every time it would start to fall apart, he'd be like, hey, it's breaking. So we joke about like, our friendship is dying. And I would, you know, kind of repair it and glue it and braid it back together. So he'd been wearing this bracelet for a long time. And um, during this talk, he was like, you know, since our, since my friendship bracelet is falling apart, I thought maybe it was time to, you know, upgrade our relationship to something different. <laughs> and we call October 26th Parisian Conversation Day. Mm-hmm. We celebrate even to this day. Yeah. But I finished my speech and what can only be considered providential timing, <laughs> the sparkly lights of the Eiffel Tower began as I'm finishing my my presentation, my proposition of relationship. And Brent wow, did not know that it did I that. didn't know they did that. <laughs> yeah. The first 10 minutes of every hour after the sun sets, the Eiffel Tower has sparkly lights and it is magical. Yeah. So this was right at nine o'clock as I, you know, it was like 8.55 when I, when I started talking and nine o'clock finish up the spiel and then boom, sparkly Ding. lights. Yep. And I, I, I assume your reaction, like you reacted to it and, and I was like, what? I was facing away from the Eiffel Tower and I mm-hmm. turned and I was like, what? What is happening? Because <laughs> if you haven't seen it, like, it's just crazy. It is pretty cool. There are a lot of lights. So we wander over to the tower. Because we're meeting our friends. Yeah, that's where we're supposed to meet. We get some hot chocolate. I get Maggie the rose that I didn't get her from before. <laughs> so... I fulfilled all righteousness. Then he tells me, so during the trip, you know, there had been a handful of times where whatever, we'd be hanging out and he'd be like, hey, can I borrow a piece of paper? And I had brought a notebook. <clears throat> so I assumed he was just borrowing paper, whatever, to write down directions to our next place or things like that. Uh, he never told me what he was using them for. So then when we're hanging out, um, waiting for our friends to show up at the Eiffel Tower, he's like, so these papers that I borrowed from you, I've actually been writing you notes on this trip. Um, so I was going to give them to you tomorrow morning before we fly out. I'm like, great. Words are my love language. Um, so man, love notes, high marks, high marks for that. Um, so yeah, our friends showed up. We go up the Eiffel Tower. We have a lovely time. Um, go back down. I should also point out the end of our conversation was not we're dating We're dating. The end of the conversation was, Hey, here's how I feel. I want you to think about it and you can get back to me later. And I expressed that I was thrilled to hear it. I said, I think I said stoked. Yeah. Stoked was the word (laughs) that that's what the kids were saying in 2011. Um, (laughs) yeah, I said I was stoked, um, and needed some time because this is a huge thing. Like we'd been friends for a long time. And until this moment, I had no idea. Like days before I was like, he doesn't like me. Like, I'm sure he's interested in someone else. Like, yeah, I had, so this was all new and I wasn't ready to just jump in and be like, yeah, let's get together. I wanted to make sure also he had had a year plus to <laughs> um, make up his mind. And I knew I had feelings, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't rushing into anything either and didn't want to risk our friendship if it wasn't the right thing. So then I fly out and to be continued for next week. We finished the story, but man, the premise of... Maybe I need to go back and edit our original episode. (laughs) 20 to 30 minute episodes. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, there's this one tech podcast that I listen to, uh, this uh, developer podcast. And 
one of the guys used to do it by himself and his tagline was like, this show is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. And then uh, he ended up stopping that show, but then started up again later with a second guy. And then their new premise was this show is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. And then they did a, an interview um, with an Apple executive and that that was like a 37 minute show. And so now they say, the episode is usually never longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> usually never. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Really? We'll just see what happens going forward. But, yes, we will We will continue the rest of the story because there's so much more nonsense and craziness to come. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>